Hi, all the listeners and viewers. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of the Disabled Report, official podcast of the Disabled Network. If you want to learn more about us and our organization, you can go to our website at disables.org, spelled D-I-S-A-B-L-E-I-S-T dot org. And if you would like to become a patron and support us over on Patreon, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. We give a shout out to all of the top two tiers of our patrons at the end of every show. Um, and the different levels get different kinds of perks. One of the best perks, in my opinion, of the top tier is that you get these episodes at least a day early, and we also now have an actual upload schedule like real adults. So um, every episode of The Disabled Report, uh, you can bank on seeing that it will be uploaded every Wednesday. And if you are on YouTube, if you go ahead and click the notification bell, you will be notified every time that we upload that. Um, So with all of that out of the way, oh, and last uh, item of housekeeping, if you will, I got a new microphone and it may, I'm not going to lie, I'm having like a hot girl winter now because of it, because it makes me sound pretty good. Um, But unfortunately, it also picks up my saltwater aquarium which is like right next to my computer i know what were you thinking when you planned the logistics kyle i wasn't that was the simple thing so anyways um we have my lovely friend mary back for a second time thank you so much for coming back on the show thank you for having me kyle i'm really excited yeah we are going to be uh you know super edgy today so you know uh just kind of a precursor i guess if the topic of sex or sexuality triggers you. Um, I would like for you to listen or watch this episode, but please don't do that. If, if there's something that's going to be triggering you, we're going to be talking about things akin to sex education. We're going to be talking about self pleasure. And Mary has a great breadth of knowledge regarding things like accessible sex toys and things like that. Um, and also talking about items of the body and items used on the body. So if any of that is of any concern to you or you have triggers, um, this is your warning. Um, You can go ahead and click off of this now. But with all of that out of the way, let's go ahead and get things started. So sex, sexuality, (laughs) all of the above. Um, I thought that it might be a good place. Mary and I were talking just briefly before we started this show. Um, and before we get into, you know, the the juicy, nitty-gritty details um, of, you know, self-intimacy and intimacy, I thought that it might be a good idea to open up a, with something a little less, uh, you know, risque, if you will, I guess. And so uh, I thought that we would talk a little bit about sexuality. Um, Mary, I know that in my own experiences, at least, I am not aware of sex education classes that are specifically catered to disabled individuals, talking about disabled bodies, all of that kind of thing. Um, I don't want to lead the witness, so to speak, but um, so I'll I'll kind of like hold my tongue just to wait and see what you say, but... um, since disabled people and disabled bodies are largely excluded from sex education, how can that end up manifesting itself, uh, like in terms of sexual identity and things like that? Oh, absolutely. So hopefully we all know by now that disabled people are super infantilized in and out of the bedroom. We don't have sex, never. It gross. Ew. 
we have a lot of sex. <laughs> but anyways, um, so we don't get taught what to do or how to do it or how to do it safely. And there are some programs out there that exist. One of my best friends, Logan, actually teaches um, adult sex education for people with disabilities. They are phenomenal. I love them to death. They're in Minneapolis. If you are there, you should hit them up. Um, but we don't hear about it. And that means that we can be doing something unsafely, whether it's with a partner or on our own. We we could be hurting our bodies. We could be hurting other people. Or we could just not be doing anything. And that's not fair. That's not really fair to any of us. Yeah, I do know, too. So obviously the topic of abstinence is going to come up, right? Um, and there's actually a lot of bodily harm that is involved in, uh, you know, prolonged abstinence, um, you know, both for men and women, uh, but for, you know, the little bit of knowledge that I have, I know specific, specifically men um, abstaining can result in a lot of issues related to like prostate health and, and things like that. Um, so, you know, it's not just something that people engage in because they're bored and they want to have fun. It actually is something that the body has to do in order to maintain that level of healthiness, to maintain, you know, homeostasis, if you know what that means, like an equilibrium of, you know, like where you should be to be healthy. So a good way to think of it is like when you, you can have either like a low grade or a high grade fever, right? But like we want to be at that like 98 degrees Fahrenheit, but if you're below that or above that, it's not good. So, you know, sexual health, as is everything else, uh, I guess, related to the body, everything in moderation and make, making sure that you're doing it, um, you know, healthy and also creating healthy habits for yourself um, mm -hmm. and things like that. Now, another thing that I, I mentioned to you and you kind of like hinted at it uh, now is that like it absolutely boggles my mind to think that our country in particular is so kind of to use an able turn of phrase hands off in terms of like sex, sex education um, because the people who are uneducated are the people who are going to be going out and contracting or spreading disease or doing things in a not healthy way and causing bodily harm mm -hmm. for themselves. Even something that seems as mundane as like engaging in masturbation, um, if you're not doing that correctly, whether you're a male or a female, um, you can hurt yourself really, really bad and give yourself an infection and sometimes mm -hmm. might not even know about that until it's too late. Um, and there are a lot of things that can happen as a result of that, like blood infections and, and, and other, um, you know, not knowing that you contract like an STI or something like that. Um, so all, all of that stuff is like absolutely crazy. So, Mary, as a professional, um, how would you advise, let's say that I was a teenage boy and I was coming to you and I... Um, you know, knew that my body was undergoing some changes, but I didn't know how to, um, you know, deal with my urges. Like, is there anywhere that people can go to learn more about disabled bodies? Um, do they have to find an individual like yourself to speak to? 
Um, so it depends on how old this teen boy is. I, I know it's very hard with the laws in the United States to find resources about sexuality. Um, because if you're a minor, then you're not allowed to learn. But personally, I think the best resource that you can find is to find a local sex toy store. So many of them have classes whether it's about masturbation or fellatio or cunnilingus or going down on somebody or just certain sex techniques or even kink techniques, they cover it and they cover it in a really affirming way that is just so welcoming and it's so necessary. Yeah, I think too. So it's interesting that you bring up the term kink because, you know, growing up, again, I had no frame of reference. Um, And so you hear this term kink and it immediately is associated with, you know, like a negative air, right? And mm-hmm. like, first and foremost, I don't know if like any of you listeners or viewers have ever heard like the term kink shame. Um, kink shaming is when you know that somebody has a specific kink and you make them feel guilty or bad or less of a person or like they're weird. I mean, we're all weird, but, you know, like they're weird in a bad way because they have that kink or that fetish, so to speak. Um, and... Disabled people in particular, um, I think, fall into a lot of, you know, stigmatization in, you know, like regarding people being attracted to our bodies, right? Like, because Mary's Mm -hmm. body and my body don't function like typical able-bodied bodies do. And it's assumed that anybody who is sexually attracted to us, whether they identify as like a devotee, and if you don't know what that is, you know, I can put in the show notes a link to the episode where we talk about devoteeism. Um, essentially, it's somebody who's attracted to um, disability, like who's sexually attracted to disability and to disabled people specifically. But, um, you know, it's just, it's such a, it can be such a volatile space, like I was saying, because people assume that you can't be attracted to a disabled person unless it's a kink. But then they think that because it's a kink, that it's a bad thing. So it's all of these things, again, that harken back to ignorance about sexuality and the act of sex and the act of masturbation and like all of that kind of stuff. Um, it ends up being really, you know, once we lay things out like Mary and I are right now, it's really easy to see how all of this stuff can be cyclical in nature and how it can like feed each other kind of, you know, like Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, we want to make sure that we talk about things and, you know, like even, I mean, fuck, like just talking to a friend maybe, um, about that. And maybe your friend knows somebody who you can talk to. Um, but definitely, you know, make sure that you're exploring your body in ways that are safe to you. Obviously, um, you know, Mary and I can't go through, you know, safe masturbation techniques for every kind of disability because everybody's disability is really different. Um, and we're going to get into a little bit about that um, when we talk about uh, the next thing that we have like on our agenda, which are sex toys. Um, some disabled people, um, myself included, might not be able to engage in the act of self-pleasure or masturbation because we don't have the ability to do so either we lack the body parts or our body parts just don't work the way that they would in order for us to do that in a safe way 
Um, and so there are toys out there that exist. Um, I do know, and I want to give a shout out uh, right now, uh, before we actually dive into this topic um, more, to Andrew Ger- Andrew Gerza of Disability After Dark actually just released uh, his first sex toy called the Bumpin' Joystick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that is, like, crazy awesome because there aren't that many toys that are out there. And at least in my opinion, it's the first toy, accessible toy that I've seen that has actually been, like, advertised. Not necessarily in, in like, you know, him paying ad revenue, but, you know... I, he's been posting a lot about it on Instagram and then other people have been sharing it and things like that. Um, and so we can talk a little bit more uh, about that uh, towards the end um, of this. But I, I want you to go through, Mary, a couple of things. Um, now, I do know that like being as, you know, somebody who identifies as a cis straight male, um, it does seem like there are far less male sex toys available than female sex toys. And, um, you know, specifically in terms of being able to engage in masturbation, if you don't have the ability to do that yourself as a male. Um, so that's, let's leave that a little bit. Um, so let's, uh, I would like to, to start talking about some options that some of our um, disabled ladies might have in terms of engaging in self-pleasure. And then maybe also talking about some toys that can be used for both, you know, males and females or people who are transgender, transgender or um, intersex or, or things like that. Yeah, of course. So my main things immediately is you want to have something that is a body safe material. And what that means is that it's non-porous. It can't suck up bacteria or mold or viruses. Um, So it all just stays on the surface. You can wash it off. If you forget to wash your sex toy because you have executive dysfunction, I have no idea who who I would be talking about Mm -hmm. for a couple days and just leave it on the bathroom sink and wash it. It's still going to be okay. So you're going to be looking at Stainless steel, glass, or silicone are the main ones, and then you can get some plastic is okay. Um, Not all plastic is alike, though. I can't remember the differences. Um, Silicone, you do want to be careful because you do not want to use silicone lubricant with your silicone toy because that will degrade it and cause it to get all gummy, and then it'll be porous and... You also don't want to spend money on a silicone toy and then ruin it. That would just be a total bummer. Um, So those are the main body safe toy ingredients. And then for lubricants, um, you don't want to do oil based with a condom or any other barrier. Um, Even latex free barriers tend to degrade when you have anything oil based. Uh, It's actually a really fun experiment. If you blow up a condom and make a balloon out of it, rub it with some oil and it's going to pop in your face. Um, I did that all the time when I taught safe sex seminars and it was just a delight to do because you could play with it. Even coconut oil, which everyone says is safe for condoms. It's not, it's really not. Um, I prefer a glycerin free water-based lube. Liquid is 
fantastic. Good, clean love is fantastic. The thicker, the better, because then it's going to last a little bit longer and give more cushioning, especially if you're into anal play. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Glycerin, the reason you don't want it is if you have a vagina, glycerin actually has sugar in it and yeast eats sugar. It's, it's just like the yeast that you find when you're making bread or beer. It eats sugar and then gives off a fungus yeast. It grows and that can take over your vagina and it's not fun. You know, you have normal amounts of yeast and if you get too much, it's bad. If you get too much bacteria, it's bad. So you want to keep that balance in your ecosystem, which means stay away from anything with glycerin, please. Most KY has glycerin. A lot of the Astroglide does. If you see it at the grocery store or at the pharmacy, just look at the back, make sure it's glycerin free. For my sake, for your sake, please. I just, I don't want you to have to deal with that. Um, that sounds like a nightmare. Uh, the other thing too is, um, you know, some people may have allergies to specific things. So you want to make mm -hmm. sure that any toy or lube that you use or condom or anything like that, um, you want to make sure that you pay specific attention um, to those details. I know that a couple of, um, you know, friends that I have and uh, people who have been on the show have, you know, um, either a lot of allergies or very specific allergies that aren't necessarily common, but, you know, end up affecting their lives in great detail. And, you know, you just want to make sure that you don't put yourself in a, in harm's way in terms of using something that you're allergic to as well. That would be really, really bad. Definitely. Some water-based lubes are actually, um, they, they say they're organic. And what that means is that they're primarily plant-based, which is cool until you realize, okay, well, grass is organic. Anything that I'm allergic to is also organic. So you have to really pay attention to that. If you're, if you have allergies, do a spot test first wait a while before you really go heavy with the loop. Um, ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it couldn't be from experience at all. No. Not at all. No. Um, Same with lubricated condoms, though, too. Yeah. You've got to watch out. I, I do exclusively non-latex, non-lubricated, because it really messes me up if I have anything with latex, if I have something with the wrong type of lube. Mm -hmm. Um. So another thing, too, that I've seen just perusing the Internet is that, um, you know, penetrative sex is not necessarily the end all be all, even though porn makes it seem like that's, yeah, like that's what we need to strive for. Um, but I, I do know that there are some toys out there that if penetrative sex is difficult or impossible for you because of the way that your body is, um, there are some toys that allow you and your partner to both have uh, mutual pleasure in that experience. Um, so you still get to have that, um, which is great to be able to experience together. I know um, just off the top of my head, a uh, company is called Hot Octopus and the Duo Lux, I think, is what it's called. Um, mm -hmm. And then Mary's holding up to... A magic wand and then a Jimmy Jane. I think it's a form four. I don't think they make it anymore. But if you look up Jimmy Jane, they have the form two, which has a grip kind of like the poppets that you get for the back of your phone that helps if you have manual dexterity issues. And these are great because you can just put them 
not on your nose unless that's what does it for you. But you can pinch a nipple, you can pinch a clitoris, put it on the underside of a penis, um, especially um, the frenulum or even on the glands if it's not too sensitive. It's it's fantastic. And it they're palm sized, which is great. I will say, too. So I'm glad that you brought up the nose thing because it was a joke. But also, um, I do know that there are some people who, um, for instance, are, uh, you know, uh, have sustained spinal cord injury who actually experience pleasure in, you know, what you would consider, I guess, to be like non-androgynous zones. Um, So thinking outside of the box and using any of these toys or any of these techniques or anything like that. Um, on an area that, you know, you might not think is like, hmm, my thumb's not necessarily a se- not my thumb, because I don't have one, but, but, you know, like the thumb isn't necessarily a sexy area, but, you know, for some people it might be. Um, and that's kind of another thing, too, that I think might be a really important topic to, to talk about. Um, you know, if I'm sure I know, Mary, you're like barely experienced in talking about this, but that, you know, since disabled bodies don't function like regular bodies, right? I mean, like, you should always engage and make consent like the absolute top priority, no matter what. But when you're talking with um, people who have bodily limitations, it is a really good idea before you engage in any kind of, you know, like mutual masturbation or sex or anything like that, to actually sit down and have a conversation with each other about, you know, there might be a tender area that you have on your body because, you know, you experience more like nerve sensation there. So things can hurt like really quickly, even though, you know, they wouldn't on a person who doesn't have that condition. Um, There might be areas that don't have a lot of or any sensation at all. And so, you know, you could actually end up accidentally causing, you know, irritation or harm to like a a Mm -hmm. piece of skin or, a digit or something that you might not think that you're doing and because the person can't feel it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look back and the skin's rubbed raw and you can see some like blood or something like that. You're like, ah, um, you know, accidentally, if you're into that kind of thing, then, you know, that's what you're into. No, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not about to kink shame anybody here and like, especially in this space. Um, but yeah, so, you know, these are, these are all really interesting things. Um, how would you, Mary, um, recommend that, let's say that you're disabled and you have a partner who either either is also disabled or not disabled, um, how would you advise people engage in opening that dialogue about talking um, about their bodies and about how they would occupy a sexual space? Yeah. So one of my old colleagues would actually do this elevator speech that would talk about, I am so-and-so. I I like these things. I don't like these things. The last time I was tested was whatever date. These were the results. And these are the people that I sleep with, whether or not I have berries or not. And that goes for everybody. And you can talk about what you like and why. You can talk about what hurts, what doesn't hurt. Um, And I think it's really important to just find that common ground of the things that you do like, and then understand what is a no-go. So I, 
I actually got really excited when you started talking about non-erogenous zones with um, people with paralysis, Mm -hmm. because I've actually, as a sex worker, I had a client who was paralyzed and it was one of the coolest um, scenes and jobs I've ever done because we had to be creative. And a cool thing about that when you're dealing with non-erogenous zones is that the safe materials and safe lubes don't matter anymore. You can do whatever you want. Um, we were we were feeding each other champagne from our mouths, you know, pouring it down our bodies and, you know, playing with mangoes, lots of food stuff, lots of just rubbing and licking and everything all over our faces. And you can get so creative just by talking about what works, what feels good and where. And rest doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I think as disabled people too, like we're used to thinking outside of the box anyway. Right. Um, And really when it comes to, you know, the, like the act of sex or, or anything, you know, in relation to that, you know, it's a good idea to think outside of the box anyway, because, you know, we can only be in our own bodies, but, you know, a big part about engaging in the in the act with a partner is so that both of you experience that amount of pleasure um together um so you know maintaining that contact is super important also as well like you know if you don't know something make sure that you talk to you know your your partner about that now I, I don't have experience in this because I'm actually like full, full disclosure, like I'm a virgin uh, as of the point of recording this episode. But, um, you know, I have listened to a lot of people talk about sex and then watching porn and like a lot of that stuff is just like so ill-informed in teaching people like to behave sexually in such a bad way. Um, that is not conducive to anybody's feelings except for, like, a cisgen male and, like, at the expense of their partner. That's terrible. Um, and so I would like to make sure that, you know, if, if you're in a situation that is similar to mine, when you get to that point where you do have the, you know, the opportunity to engage in, you know, intercourse or some kind of intimacy with another partner, um, you know, don't feel ashamed of your lack of experience. Um, It's a lot more, you know, I would think at least that it would be a lot more likely for you to, you know, sustain some kind of injury or get hurt or do something for, I don't know, half an hour or something that is not fun or pleasurable to you at all, just because you think that it should be. Um, So, you know, the, really important thing I I would think and then Mary if you want to weigh in on this and then we're running to the bit of the end of the show but um maintaining open communication the entire time with your partners is definitely super super important definitely um it's okay to say hey this isn't working can we switch it up um and that actually makes it kind of more fun I I love communication in sex um And a cool exercise is to see if you can talk, do something non-sexual, but kind of hot anyways, and talk without actually speaking. And it's delightful. 
I once did a scene where I helped someone eat. I like food. I don't know if it's obvious, but I helped someone eat an orange and having to use our eyes and like, mm -hmm, or whatever kind of expression to gauge consent and see what was okay was so much fun. You, you don't have to say, well, I do not consent to this in this period in time, unless that's hot for you. You can say, yeah, no, this isn't working. You can go, uh, 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 or, or even just guide the person to what they need to be doing instead. It's communication has so many forms and it's fun to experiment with which forms work with you and your partner or partners. So. Yeah. And, you know, in closing too, I'll say that I, uh, I follow, um, a number, I think of, of sex workers like on Twitter and, um, you know, from, from what I, what I can gauge in that and then listening to the way that you talk and about exploration, all of that kind of thing. Um, if you are a virgin and if you are disabled, um, you know, it might be a really good idea that, you know, if you do want to have, you know, your first like intimate experience, um, and you want it to be with somebody who's really knowledgeable, like look into what it is going to take for you to get together with a sex worker, because oh my God, yes. these are the people that know what they are doing and they know what's safe for you. And the best thing about it is that they're going to teach you so that you can take those tools, you know, and put them in your pocket, even though you're not going to be wearing pockets when you have sex. Well, maybe you'll be wearing pockets when you have sex. I don't know, but you know, uh, you know, put it in your toolkit so that when you go and you have other partners um, in the future who may be not sex workers, like you'll be the person that can then teach somebody else. And if you are disabled and you are listening to this, just know, unfortunately, because our bodies are different and, you know, whenever you engage with a new sexual partner anyways, there comes uh, like an adjustment period or a time when everybody should talk, but um, you know, about boundaries and things like in consent and all that kind of stuff. But as a disabled individual, we are going to have to navigate that space a little bit more than an able-bodied person would, because again, you know, we do have to go through like body sensitivity, um, things related to sensation um, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so this has been absolutely magical and I'm, I'm agitated that half an hour has already gone I by. Know. There's so much more to talk about and that's okay. Yeah. There's always more. Well, there's always, uh, you're, uh, you're going to be a regular on the show. It's fine. And yeah. then, uh, the other thing too, is that, you know, if, if you're interested in coming on the show and talk and it, maybe exploring some of um some of these topics like this um i got i have mary's information so we might be able to wrangle her up and uh you know have both of you be a guest and then everybody can kind of walk through the scenario together so if you'd like to be on the show it, uh you know we can make that happen but if you don't want to be on the show and you still have questions for mary uh mary how could our listeners or viewers get in contact with you my email is mary.andrewsick at gmail.com. It's a weird one to spell, so I'm going to have Kyle put that down in the description. Yes, absolutely. Um, and with all of that being said, I will go ahead and close things out for us. Um, as I said before, if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, um, please go and do that. 
Uh, give this video a thumbs up or a like or whatever they call it these days if you're watching on YouTube. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook. We are at Disablest, and we also upload all of the episodes in video format um, to our Facebook page. If you would like to support our channel by purchasing some of our merch, like the shirt that I have on today, you can visit our merch shop at cafepress.com backslash the Disablest Network. And then last, and certainly not least, because, you know, it's due to their support that we're able to continue doing what we're doing. I want to give a shout out to our top two tiers on Patreon, um, members of our Super Crypt tier who have pledged $15 a month. Thank you to Robert L. Pope Jr., George Smith, Kevin Melendez, Kelly Kidder, and Adam Davidson. And then a shout out to our Cryptastic patrons who have pledged $10 a month, Annette Webb, Patty Pride, Ellie Stowe, and Jesse Schwartzman. Thank you all so much for all that you do for supporting the Disables Network. And uh, hopefully you learned something cool today while having a good time, maybe. I don't know. Lou wasn't here to jump in and uh, make fun of me for saying something stupid. So unfortunately, you don't have that dynamic uh, today. But uh, I think that we did a pretty good job today. Um, so anyways, Mary, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to um, having you on. And oh, also, if you are uh, disabled and you identify as female uh, and you would like to join our um, disabled-only group, the Disabled Nation, Mary is actually going to be helping us run a ladies' night. I don't know why I called it that, because it's taking place during the day, at least this first one is. So, like, well, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on with my head. But anyways, um, that is a safe space. I am going to be hosting the call, but then once it actually gets started, I'm going to take off my headphones, mute my mic, shut my camera off, walk away from my computer, and then Mary and then our other friend Gabby are going to actually do all of the heavy lifting in that space because they are ladies and it is not my space to occupy. Um, and so if you have a question regarding your own sexuality, your sexual health, um, things of that nature, they will be available to talk with you um, during that uh, ladies' night that are, is going to be available to the individuals that are part of the Disabled Nation. And I think that it goes without saying, but you can join the Disabled Nation if you have any visible or invisible disability, um, whether that be chronic pain, all the way to amputation, all the way to um, psychological or psychiatric uh, diagnoses. We love you all, and we will have all of you at any time that you want. So anyways, uh, look forward to all of that. It'll be super interesting, and that's something that uh, you can look forward to in the future on a semi-regular basis. We're going to uh, provide that for our people. If anything, just for a space that ladies can occupy because men are terrible, terrible creatures. <laughs> so anyways, with all of that uh, being said, out of the way, thank you so much for clicking on this episode and uh, I will see you in the next one. Take care, everybody. Bye.